You've found the Diggin' Oak Island podcast, the podcaster's journey to discover the truth behind the Oak Island mystery. I'm Dave McBride. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. If you've been enjoying our podcast, please consider helping us out by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash Island to learn more. All right, everybody, I want to get right into the show here. Don't forget, patreon.com slash Island. Help us out. Five bucks a month. Cancel any time. Get exclusive access to um, uh, uh, a live chat between me and all the rest of the patrons during the broadcast of each new uh, episode of The Curse of Oak Island, which is coming soon. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, send them to me. Uh, at at gmail.com. But what I got today is an interview for you again, this one with Laird Niven. We've talked to Laird a few times. It's always good to catch up with him because I think of all the people who are on the show, he has the most stuff that gets sort of left on the cutting room floor. And anytime we talk to Laird, we get a little bit of insight into something that maybe wasn't shown to us on this past season in one of the shows. And this today, is no exception. You're going to really enjoy this, I think. Um, it's it's a great interview. Laird is always so much fun to talk to, and uh, you're going to, I think a couple of times your ears are going to perk up because of some of the little nuggets of information we're getting. So without further ado, we will uh, take a very, very short break and come back with more, or with my interview with Laird Niven, the archaeologist-in-chief on Oak Island. Joining me once again is archaeologist Laird Niven. Uh, Laird, I'm not going to ask you to talk about what you're doing now, but uh, you just did get back from the island, didn't you? I did, yep. All yep. right, so so work is continuing. Yeah, it's the worst kept secret. <laughs> I know, it really is. It really is. Social media, they can't hide that from anyone, really. They can't. Um, what I wanted to do today is kind of fill in the blanks. Uh from talking to you, from talking to other people who've been on the show, we recently just talked to Corey and Maul for a real long interview, great time with him again. You know, one of the things we always learn is that so much is not told about the things that happen on the island and about the things that you guys are doing that, you know, you'll do days and hours and hours worth of work and it gets 15 minutes on the show if you're lucky. Yeah. Um and one of the things that I wanted to kind of start off with before we get into the different areas that you worked in this this year is last year when we spoke to you on the podcast, you were very cagey, uh, which I understand why you would be, about an issue that you had um, with the government, I think, with permitting, with things like that, that you thought at the time um, might have really been a difficult thing to get through and that you sort of pulled uh, pulled this pulled the rabbit out of your hat there and, and got things going at the beginning at the end of this past season when they did their little Maddie Blake um, you know Traverse City Michigan rundown yeah I think it was Craig Tester who made a strange sort of 
you know, offhand remark about how difficult it was to get work started in the spring of 2022. And I, that's not that was that government related again, or are we? It was partially, partially government related. I think it had to do with getting the permit in the swamp. But that was there was a transition. There was a change in in personnel with the provincial government, oh. uh, and a change in procedure. <clears throat> So it wasn't it wasn't a huge problem. It was just a matter of people um, working together and working it out. They obviously they worked it out. It just it was just uh, it was just a change in procedure. Um, not 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 specifically about Oak Island. Just um, oh, with uh, wetland permits in general. And, it wasn't aimed at Oak Island. Yeah. And and where you know we spent a lot of time not in this past season but the season before talking about the issues with permitting and the First Nations and and the things going on in the swamp and then we go through almost an entire year not hearing much about that again um, or any kind of follow up on any of that is there any news on any of that stuff are we still in a hold pattern in all this or is it no not for archaeology no no okay no we have. Um... And this is specifically for Oak Island, what they call a blanket permit. And that allows us to do work all over the island rather than rather than having a permit for each little job. Right. We do all of these diverse jobs around the island and not have to approach the government for permission to do it. With the exception of the two area the exclusion zones from two years ago. Which are still in effect. We're still we're, we're we're still looking at those as exclusion zones. They're they're but I'm allowed to work in them. I just need a separate permit. Oh, I see. oh I got you. Okay, yeah. all right. So yeah. that so might they're uh, not, tell. They're not no go. They're just right. yeah. And there's big plans for the for the swamp. And I know you can't talk about that because that's this year. But I know that they're out there and people are talking about it. Okay. So let's get into just a couple of things that I want to sort of see if you can fill the gaps for us. And if I miss anything, please, sure. uh, you know, point it out for me. The first one that I remember was lot 32. This was this strange sort of spot on the beach. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Where there was evidence of uh, unknown people being there. And, uh, you know, um, what was interesting in that whole thing is you made this uh, comment. This was probably in episode five or six. Yeah. You said, speaking on the pro the provincial stuff, you said in the agreement that we have with the province is that if Gary finds a concentration of artifacts, we go in and set up a test unit, and in that case, it can determine whether or not the finds are significant. Yeah. It fascinates me that uh, – so basically what you're saying, just to kind of tie a bow on that last part there, is you guys find something – it is your job to determine whether or not we're moving yep. any further on this or what this could be or or whether or not it's, you know, you sh we should be digging or what have you, right? Yeah, it is. Okay. Explain to us Lot 32, <laughs> the beach in Lot 32. Well, so those are all metal artifacts. Right. All uh, <clears throat> They seem to be farming-related um, we were puzzling over it for quite a while, but there was a lot of, uh, there were a lot of, there were tree branches in there and other things like that. 
Uh, and when I plotted it on the GIS, when I went to Steve Guptel, it was basically in midair over the shore. So it was, <laughs> it was relatively recently pushed in is what it was. So it wasn't old. It was, it was ah. material that was pushed in, kind of fill. And where there would have been a cliff face, it filled in over the cliff face. So, did somebody do that, or is that natural from the from the water? No, no. I think that was, it could have been Billy from the year before. Oh, <laughs> something like that. So okay, we, we wasted a couple of days on that. <laughs> And, you know, the thing is, like, the show never follows through to the end of those things. It just shows yeah. looking at a few interesting things, and then, and then we're just sort of just sort of lets it kind of fly away. Now, over on Lot 5, this is this tree thing. If I'm, I'm really bad with remembering what is on what lot and the numbers of lots, I think right. it's, it's hard for us to kind of visualize where that all is. But Lot 5, this was the, the tree that I'm speaking about in particular, digging underneath this tree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In this incredibly fascinating thing, I, I mean, I, <laughs> it was hard to believe that you even that you even found this to dig on, considering where it was and what it was. Well, I tell you, and I, I say this all the time: that's a site <clears throat> that we wouldn't have found without Gary Drayton. Right. Yeah. Right. He, we wouldn't have looked at there. Were, there was no evidence that would have led us there if it wasn't for the metal detector. So that's why we keep emphasizing how we work together, right. how working together is benefiting all of us. So you find this, what? what? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, we may have a better idea of what it is this year. Oh, oh really? So it's something that we, that, that is, was sort of left to continue work on. Oh yeah, we okay. last year, the end of last year, we suspected it could have been a garbage midden, you know, a garbage dump that was right. filled in. But Robert Young made his way into that thing as well. That was uh, the previous owner. That was that was the previous owner. So they the, they bought that land from from his estate. Yeah, um, we did find a Robert Young, you know, metal detecting hole um, within that area. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he knew something was there. Was there a lot of con did w were you brought in with Robert Young? Uh, did you speak to him specifically? Did. You did, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah okay. I came over to the island uh, with my son and a friend of his when they were seven or eight. Um, yeah, and we walked around the island, or the sorry, the island, walked around the lot with Robert, and he was very it, proud of that lot. It was. It's a. It's a. It's a strange story, the story of Lot 26 and its relationship to the show. Because it, I'm sorry, Lot 5. Because, yeah. because it was his only lot. Yep. There was no house on there, right? He did just, it was just yep. land. He didn't stay there or live there. No. And he owned it for years and years. He had lawn chairs and <laughs> <laughs> And was really super into looking through the area and, and I mean, he had a website that he was posting yep. pictures yep. of his stuff on. He felt strongly that there was something on lot five. And he found a lot of stuff. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> did. Now is lot five also where the wall is or am I, or is that 26? No, 
It's 26. The, well, the big wall's between 26 and 27. Okay, so let's go to 26 because there's two on there. Two I wanted to discuss. The first one okay. being the well. Yeah. Now, was this one, uh, uh, was this the, the feature that you had looked at years and years earlier or was that the wall? <laughs> I'm terrible uh, at remembering these things. Or was that the pit? One of them, the show says, Laird looked at this. Uh, you, uh, me and Dan walked through this or something like that, um, you know, uh, 20 uh, years ago or something. I, uh, I didn't walk too much with Dan. He just told me to come. Um, I had someone else with me. Well, the well we'd never explored before. The wall we'd seen, but we, we didn't explore as we did last year. Um, and the ball site. What about this? This like, well, we'll get to it at the end. But the pit foundation thing over on lot was that was lot five too, right? The uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was Robert Young. Okay, so yeah. maybe that's what they were talking about. You were there with Robert Young or something, yeah. looking at it there. Okay, so let's before I I'm, I took us way way off the thing here, way off the rails here. Um, the first thing that came to my mind when I saw this well is what a weird spot for a freshwater well. Yeah, it it would seem to be, but when uh, Emma and Peter, I think, were using the OKM or Emma and someone else, they could see the freshwater springs going into it. Wow! And it refreshed. We'd empty it. It would refresh in ten minutes. Get out of here! Yeah, yeah. So it was the perfect spot. So somebody knew something. We don't. We, it was too deep to. I didn't. We don't think it came up to the surface. But somebody knew where to dig the perfect for, little well. For fresh water. And fresh water, yep. So who would that somebody have been? Just a, a farmer, somebody who's living there doing irrigation? Well, I mean We assumed it was Samuel Ball because it's his property. Okay. Um the carbon dates are kind of disputing that a little bit, but I still we would say in if we take everything in association it would still be a, a well that belonged to Samuel Ball. Okay, so we're still thinking along those lines, even with that stuff now. With what that's what I'm. That's, that's well, what I'm that's thinking. what you're thinking, right? I mean, but, and that's kind yeah. of what it felt like too, because um, again, it's such a strange place for. <laughs> it's because I mean, one bad storm and your well's full of ocean water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know why you would want that. It just seems and, I mean, the rains just recently. You know exactly. The, the, the everything came up and you couldn't see the well. So. so, still no conclusions on that other than it's obviously a well and it's obviously man made and there's nothing that we're missing in this. No. Okay. Um, one of the things that always gets discussed, and I, and because you're an archaeologist and because you've just mentioned Samuel Ball, mm -hmm. um, one of the things that the show does, and I'm not here to make you criticize the show. No, no. I could take care of that myself. Yeah. Um, one of the things the show does is they constantly make these little references to the island being uninhabited before 1795. And we know that's not true. Um, but and wasn't it mostly just a farming place yeah. like it was now? Was it people actually farming land or just pasturing animals or? Oh, I think a little bit of both. I mean, so 
The first evidence we have of people is the 1791 poll tax, I think. Yeah. So we know they, they were there before that. Um, the island was divided into lots in 1762. So we assume there weren't people on the island before that, which may or may not be true. Um, Samuel Ball's area, so lot 25 and 26, are probably the most cultivated lots on the island. Um, a place like lot five wasn't cultivated, but it looked more like they had, you know, where you'd let animals loose and right. they, it's not flatly cultivated, but it's not hummocky like, like untouched land would be. So it looks like, uh, it looks like animals were being housed on the northern half of lot five. And this was probably what, for about 30, 20, 30 years before, sometime after 1760 and before 1791 is when this would have started. I mean, that that's our assumption. Yeah. Okay. Now, in any of your conversations with the, with the Mi'kmaq, with the First Nations people, is there any, um, was there any settlement on that island at all? Um, any history that they have in particular with it, other than the fact they lived in the area, or was it just an island off the off the coast? We we haven't heard anything about uh, traditional lands on Oak Island. Okay. Um, we know if you look, and these haven't been recorded, but Gold River um, would have been heavily populated by the Mi'kmaq because you had you had a you had the tidal zone, you had the river, the tidal river, so you could catch fish. Um, and then you had the inland, so they could you could you could go after game like deer and uh, would have been caribou at the time. It looks like the island may have just been, you know, they were on, in the swamp for some specific reason. I think we're just not exactly sure what that is. And is it called the Gold River because there was gold there? There was a gold mining operation, Gold River. Yeah, in the in the eighteen uh, hundreds. Yeah, eighteen hundreds. Yeah, actually, I had a neighbor of ours. We were we we're looking. Looking for gold to, to for, for Emma to to analyze, and he one day just went to Gold River and panned for a little bit and got me a little piece of gold that she could put in the XR. So it's still there. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm heading up there with my pan and shovel as soon as I possibly can. Uh, you know, because that question always gets asked about the uh, when people when they're discussing the gold and the water samples and all this is there's obviously naturally occurring gold in that area. And the best evidence to point to that is, hey, look, something called the Gold River. That's probably what it's called. Yeah, and I, I, I stay out. Of, I'm not a chemist, so I. Right. I mean, even the chemists can't figure out why there's gold in the water. Uh, there, it's relatively highly concentrated. I think is the issue. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, again, that's another one of those things they kind of leave out is is what what is the information they have to make them so excited about this if it's not and no seem to be that it's not uh, a naturally occurring feature that's you know anyway uh, i remember being in the lab last year when uh, when emma was xrfing wood from the money pit i'm not exactly sure where and i can hear her go damn <laughs> because she saw gold on it <laughs> and, she, and she was not happy and <laughs> I said, we have to call production. I mean, that's just what we have to do. And so we called production and we ended up having to go up to the money pit and doing the big reveal to and Rick and Marty. And, yeah. So she says, damn, because she doesn't want to do that. <laughs> because it's it's when science 
science and the production meet, right? Production wants gold. <laughs> Emma sees gold, and we have to report it, right? Yeah, yeah, you have to. Yeah, but it's yeah. science, right? Right, and well, I mean, it's all wraps itself up. I mean, you know, you could, you could, you could see why, you know, you can't let that one go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the wall. Yeah. Now that was also lot twenty six. Yeah, between twenty six and twenty seven. Twenty seven. Yeah. Can anyone convince me that this isn't just a property wall to keep ox or cattle from jumping from one property to the other? Not me. No. Okay. I I contact. I'm going to forget his name. I have two of his books. There's an expert in New England, a professor, and that's what he does. Are walls, and I contacted him. I showed him the pictures. Um, Post excavation, and he said, "Yeah, it's a wall that I forget what he called it, but it's a wall you build when you the farm's established. Um, you're no longer a subsistence farmer. You have the time and the personnel to take your time to build. I mean, it's a really well built. Right. So somebody took time, somebody took pride, but you're not doing that when you when you first start a farm, you're throwing your rocks. Right. Yeah." Yeah, which so the between lot twenty four and twenty five, that's what the wall looks like. They're just thrown up there. Okay, so so my hunch of this being an agricultural thing is probably what what it is. Well, I know it, they they talked it, about. It, it, go it, ahead. It it splits lot twenty four and lot twenty five. So to argue with oh. any but a but a, a a dividing wall between lots is it's it's a difficult argument to win. Yeah, because I I don't know that that was explained to us that it actually split the entire length of the lot. Yeah. Wow, that that clears a lot of that up. So it was about we we we're pretty sure it went from the the shore to to center roads. It's about a thousand feet long. Wow. Six six feet wide and three feet high. It's, it's a and, lot of. Work. And it's to keep animals in, or just to keep your uh, divide the property, or. I think it depends on the animals. Right. Uh, I don't think there are many, like sheep wouldn't cross it. I don't think cattle would cross it. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. And then, and later on in the mid 1800s, he had barbed wire. So Gary won't uh, metal detect the top of a wall because they always have barbed wire on them. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. I remember you were doing an excavation of the wall. I think it was and found a piece of charcoal in it. And we talked about maybe dating it. Was there a date assigned to the wall? Uh, if you don't know, I don't know. Okay. All right. I didn't know if that was something that you had uh, <laughs> been part of. There was a date that came back for one of them, but it should have been on the show. But I, I, I don't. I don't know that it was. I think we just saw the fact that it was happening. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Uh, I want to go back to lot five. Yeah. Because I think the thing that really fascinated people the most of the work that you were involved in was this. I mean, I guess what they were calling it was a pit, um, yeah. a stone thing that had this weird, <laughs> by the time you were done looking at it, by the time the end of the season came, it looked like it was like this hole, like a patio around it, like, yeah. it, like, an, like an overgrown sort of like fire pit for a camp, <laughs> you yeah. know, for like a, uh, for, for me to bring my friends over and, yeah. and roast marshmallows on, um, this is something that you were aware of before this season? Like you knew this thing was here? Or no. was, this was discovered this year? 
I so oh, last year, I, I should say before the show when I was there on Rob with Robert Young, that wasn't there. Let me put it that way. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> let's back up a second. <laughs> before the show, and we've talked about this before, but I thought we would just sort of talk about it again. Before the show, you were not brought onto the island. And this was the first time you'd ever stepped foot on Oak Island. No, you were no. brought on the on the show because you had stepped foot on Oak Island, and you knew what exactly. you. Can you just sort of fill that in for people again? Your experience on the island, how many times you've been there, what you thought of, what you know, how things, you know, what your interest level was before you became part of the show, and all that. Yeah, the the first time the company I was working for was contacted by Dan Blankenship because they. That was during the transition between the Treasure Trove Act and the Oak Island Act. And part of the Oak Island Act is they needed an archaeological assessment of their property so they could get their Treasure Trove license. Um, so I went out there with a friend, with a friend. I went out there with a coworker um, to do an archaeological assessment. We met Dan. He was really nice. I've heard. I've heard stories that he's not always really welcoming. I've heard that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had a, a uh, one of the production people tell us a story of uh, before this, before the Curse of Oak Island, someone else had the idea that uh, that they should produce a show about Dan's work, about the search for the treasure on Oak Island. Yeah. And this poor guy was sent out to go talk to Dan and pitch the show. <laughs> And he didn't make it far out of his car before <laughs> he had to go back over the causeway. Uh, anyway, um, yes, I went over, met Dan. He just said, gave us carte blanche to, because he owned the majority of the, the property. Um, and did the assessment for him. Uh, you can see the east side of the island was nuked. Um, and we saw the ball property, which is significant because of black loyalists, which is an interest of mine. Right. So we recorded that and we recorded the, the so-called McGinnis foundation. And that was kind of it, uh, put in our report and he got his treasure trove license and could keep going. And then the next year, uh, Fred Nolan called. So Fred, Fred had access to Center Road, but he didn't have access from the causeway to Center Road because of Dan. <laughs> so I had to meet Fred. We had to walk across the causeway and then go down along the shoreline to get to Center Road and then walk to his place. Um, but same thing. He did work while we looked. Well, sorry, that was just me while I looked around and then I, read, you know, finished the report and, and uh, he was able to proceed. And then some years later, I got a call from Robert Young. And that was just to come look at his property. That he wasn't planning to do any work, as far as I know. He's already done a significant amount of work. So. Well, he did, he did like metal detect, like stuff you would do on your own. He wasn't bringing in excavators and things like that, right? No, no. He, he, he brought in a metal detector. He had some ground penetrating radar work done, but we don't know where that data is. Oh, boy. St. Mary's. University has all of his artifacts and his records and things like that. Um, so, yeah, and then it was, I think, season three, the studio called. Uh, 
above my interest. I said, sure. And they just, they never called back. <laughs> um, then season four, I went, I think I went to the Island. The first one was to explore the hatch, the hatch in Smith Cove. I did in season four and then it all kind of snowballed after that. So, um, I, I want to get back to this pit feature again. Uh, cause I kind of, again, got sidetracked there. Um, but I guess the big question is from those times to now, uh, what has changed in your assessment of the overall assessment of Oak Island? Are you more convinced now that uh, well, that the there's tra- something strange or do you feel like you've learned some answers? And Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to answer that. Yeah. The. Yeah. Uh, the. The turning point was was uh, Smith's Cove, the cofferdam in Smith's Cove, when we uncovered the U-shaped structure, which I was convinced was Searcher. And then it, when you came back with a date of like 1760 for that and 1740 for the slipway, that really changed me into looking in that something was happening on the island. Um, something that unrecorded was happening on the island. And then lot five is just kind of picking up that narrative, but further away. Yeah. Okay. So go, let's go back to that stone pit patio thing there. Yeah. yeah. Um, at the end of the season, it kind of, where we left it, in case you don't know is, um, you know, you were thinking that I think in the last episode, it was, you said something like we thought we were wrapping up. But it seems like we're going even deeper now, and right. that it went further down than you thought it would, and um, that it seemed even <laughs> more elaborate than than it, than it was. Uh, and I that was the end of the work that we saw. I mean, right. I, I assume we've picked this back up. Yes. Okay. I think it's safe to say you'll see more work in law in, in that feature on Lot Five. <laughs> so. <laughs> The, it started off with a lot of talk about it being the same size as the money pit and all these weird speculations about right. maybe it's the money pit. Um, I don't the know. Hatch. Yeah, the hatch, a prototype for the money pit. I mean, I don't even know what that meant. No, um, I don't know what that meant. Um, and then I guess we kind of, by the time we're ended the show, we're, we're, we've gotten rid of that idea because it just seems so much bigger and so much more elaborate than even the money pit is described at. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. It looked like a foundation in some pictures. That, that when I first saw it, I thought it was, um, I thought it was the kind of a cellar to something like a barn. That, that was my first impression when I was there with Robert Young. So before the show, so I should be able to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> I came away with the impression that it was something like a barn because I thought the cellar was too deep. The pit feature, the cellar right. feature. Right. So something that people could store something in or get down yeah. into. Well, the McGinnis site has a uh, it's a half cellared house. The ball house is a full cellar house. So yeah. Okay. There was a lot of discussion about fortifications, about it looking like, you know, gun turrets and things like that. I mean, that seems a little skip speculative and hopeful to me. And there wasn't enough rock 
left is I think there was a they call it one was a Brock. There were different things, but everything last year pointed to a domestic structure. So a a farm, a house. All the artifacts we found last year were saying that. Where is your, when you start to go through all these things, when you start to go through all these different features, and I know there's a, I mean, obviously there's a lot more going on now with these things than I even thought. When I, when, when I thought we were going to have this conversation, maybe a lot of these things we weren't even talking about anymore. But um, I believe Lot 5 is where the lead barter token was taken out of. Is that true? The little, the one with the, the hole in the middle of it that supposedly matched with the, with the uh, lead cross? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Am I right in saying that? Serrated edges. Had the serrated edges, yeah. Yeah. That was from Lot 5. It was, yeah. If you go back and look at Robert Young's stuff, Mm -hmm. he found quite a bit of coin-looking things, didn't he? He did, yeah. A lot of corroded coins. He found a Spanish real or half real. Yeah. Is that something you would normally find? And I mean, would you find that much coinage on an occupied area of if you're excavating, if you're doing archaeology there? Well, I can tell you, um, we don't find like in the normal archaeology that we do, we don't normally find many coins at all. Really? But yeah, but but Gary, because then we concentrate, we see a feature, and that's where we're concentrating. Uh, Gary has a much broader mandate, right? So he can go out um, further afield and, and then find these things that are that have been dropped. The Spanish silver would surprise me. I've never, I've never found. Well, the, my very earliest archaeology dig, we found silver, but not since then. But he's also finding lots of buttons, which uh, the losing a button makes sense. Right. He found a cartwheel penny years ago. And you could see that the guy was sitting on a rock and doing something, and the penny just dropped out of his pocket and right. fell under the rock. Um, coins aren't unusual. So what is the most unusual thing you think you've come across there on the island? <sighs> you mentioned the U-shaped structure already. Um, oh, in terms and of, things in that. Terms of- in- in yeah. general, unusual, the U-shaped structure is a strange... Yeah. We still haven't explained it, you know. It does look like a cofferdam of some kind, though, right? It does. Yeah. It, it, it was either meant... It looks like it was meant to keep water in or keep water out. Of a sure. very specific area. <laughs> yeah. 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 So what is the strangest thing that you've come across, that you've done? Is there anything that you've seen on the island that you've said... I don't know what this is. That any of, or is all the stuff that we're finding interesting, but not well, incredibly unusual as far as the archaeological stuff. I mean, we could be in the middle of that very thing right now. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> That's a good way to say that. <laughs> all right, all right, that makes sense. I get you. Now, is there anything else from last year that you feel like we, you know, maybe I missed that we that we should be discussing more? I mean, Lot 5 surprised me, um, what the amount of stuff Gary found. I thought Lot 5 was going to be a bust in terms of metal detecting because Robert Young metal detected it. For years. Yeah. And pulled yeah. so much stuff out. Yeah. Um, and so he probably pulled a, an eighth of what Gary found or something like That's that. That's incredible. 
That's yeah. incredible. How how could? <laughs> it's just a change in technology. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. All right. So there's nothing else we're missing. <laughs> Not that I can remember. Lot five. Are you I, back to the ball homestead? Are we back to looking at or no? No, lot twenty six is is a place of interest still, right? Uh, but not back to the Ball Foundation, as much as I'd like to. It's uh, we're still driven by the the narrative for the TV show, right? Right. So, it. I, it, I thought it. I thought a couple of years ago, when Alex found the the Navy uh, commanders button on the ball site and then the they were finding the wharves on the ball site i thought that was yeah. going to lead into a, something but you know as you know it's <laughs> <laughs> i mean we did find that stuff and the wharfs leading out from where the ball yeah. site was i mean uh, you know uh, if we're talking about ships and things docking there and possible wrecks and stuff going on man a a, a, a wharf and a maybe some sort of commercial operation that we're not aware of would help explain a lot of those things it's it was frustrating to me that we never really kind of got into that if you take tony's boat tour which i did the other day i snuck on with a friend so a friend was taking it i surprised them by skipping work and going on um <laughs> He really, there are only a couple of places in, in around the island where a, a, a large ship could anchor safely, um, and off lot five is not one of them. Um, I think off Fred's, Fred's wharf is one, and then South Cove is South Cove. The Stone Road is another. Right. And he said, if they're anchoring off Ball, those wharves would have had been a hundred feet long i think something like that so wow. quite substantial yeah when you're when you're when you're looking at these things um you know for the show for us so much speculation gets sort of thrown around you know like you find the stone road or you know mm. the stone path and then we start talking about the portuguese and the romans and all yeah. these kind of things right and and people get distracted by that kind of stuff yeah. but I think from just from talking to you tonight, the, one of the things that we get distracted by those things, so therefore I think a lot of fans and stuff start to think that maybe they're exaggerating. But there's a lot of mysterious stuff going on here. I mean, oh, yeah. you've turned into a, a believer in a mystery at least. Yeah, the, the Stone Road is another. We talk about things that, that convince you. I mean, the Stone Road shouldn't be there. It's You go on to any other island, you're not finding that. Um, I mean, I just saw it today. It's actually exposed now. Wow. Uh, it, it makes no sense unless you can connect it to the ocean, I think. Yeah. Because I think people miss the fact, and Steve Guptill brought this up, the west side, so the, the, the swamp side of the Stone Road, the, the rocks are considerably larger than the east side. And he brought that point up because that's, it's the more protected. It's the sorry, not the more protected side. It's the side that needs more protection from the elements. Um, so the stone road, the rocks on the west side, the left hand side, are actually larger than the than along the east side. So it's deliberately built, um, and it's meant to be protected against the elements. What? what? <laughs> Could it be an agricultural thing? I mean, would you use that to move bales of hay? Or I mean, what? I can't see 
No, I, I actually can't explain it. You, you'd have to explain it. it. The connection has to be with the mainland and the water. So that's a right. not an unreasonable thing to say. Something was coming up to the mainland or down from the mainland and to or from the water. Because the water line was a lot further out then. Yeah. So there's more to kind of explore, I think, into that, you know, into yeah. the ocean. And that's one of the best mooring sites uh, on the island. So <laughs> somebody so. was dumping something. Yeah. Uh, but it seems to me like you would be you'd build something like that for an operation a little bit bigger than a treasure chest. I'm just saying. <laughs> Like you so yeah, right. Yeah. Like you're doing that because you're bringing things in every other week or something along those lines. I mean, it wasn't so the the stone road is about three or four feet tall. It's built. You could see we could see how it's built. So compared to the uh, the wall that was built in a lot between lot twenty six and twenty seven, it's not a huge engineering feat. But it's just why is it there? Someone took it like a fair bit of effort to put that in when I don't think they had like in terms of agriculture, they wouldn't have had to do that. So it's three or four feet deep of rocks that stretch that hole. That's a big operation yeah. to build that. That's not I don't think it's, that's one guy with a with a wheelbarrow. No, exactly. Yeah. This is not monumental, but it's still <laughs> it's still big and it's beyond you would think. A single farmer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Listen, you've done it again. You've, you've got us all scratching <laughs> our heads and waiting for the uh, for next season. Thank you so much for doing this. I really do appreciate it. No problem. You're welcome. <laughs>